word to your mother It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends Just a couple of feathery brethren Weathering any season to see the Eagles Eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut Kicking it cooler than two penguins Till Bo's old arch nemesis Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real Pull up a branch and chill It's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends The early bird skips the worm And prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends Bo Wolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Now I'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids. Wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. We're editing that one out. That didn't come out quite There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> it is 9 p.m. on the dot here at Lincoln Financial Field. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman coming to you. With a post-game Birds with Friends following the Eagles' 27-24 loss at home to the Detroit Lions. The second straight loss for the Eagles in which it seemed like they had a good chance to have a come-from-behind win and maybe steal a game that they didn't necessarily deserve to win with uh, mistakes abound and players injured all over the place. But uh, once again, they do not come up big. Can you put it on Carson Wentz? Do you blame the drops? Two weeks in a row, he's thrown what would have been likely game-winning touchdown passes that have hit his receivers in stride in their hands uh, that have been dropped. But uh, no dice this time. Zach, do you feel like it is time for us to start looking at flights for the Shrine game? Can we make January plans? No, I think that's premature. Uh, and, and I do think there I'm are... thinking about it. Well, you love the Shrine Game. You're a Shrine Game enthusiast. I texted uh, DFOP Fran Duffy in the third quarter that for the first, you know every year there's a first time when I think, oh, should I check the flight? It's week three this this year. Okay. Yeah. No, I I think that's certainly premature. There are a lot of winnable games left. That being said, thirteen you could say. That being said, when you looked at this game on the schedule before the season, when you looked at this game on the schedule at twelve forty five today, you probably thought it was a winnable game. Now, there are different circumstances, such as the injuries, that, that could complicate it. But this is a game that the Eagles could have won. This is a game that the Eagles should have won. And it's a game they didn't win. And they have themselves to blame for it uh, because, look, they were minus two in turnovers. You know, they, they fumbled twice that led to six Lions points. The drops were a major problem. Uh, there were an estimated seven drops. That's not like an At official least. stat. Yeah. And and there were costly penalties. Three drops in the final drive. Yeah. Akeem Spence. And they gave up a kickoff return touchdown. Yeah, which is inexcusable. Do you know, Zach, since the merger, there have been 57 games in which a team had a minus two turnover margin and surrendered a kickoff return touchdown. How many of those 57 games do you think that team won? I have no way of knowing. I'm guessing three. Six. Six. So six and okay. 51. And yet they had a chance. That's they a, should have still won. That is some very well done pro football referencing right there. Thank you very much. I pride, you know, I, I like to defer uh, and deflect most of the time you give me a compliment, uh, but I will take good pro football referencing uh, on my, I would put that on my CV. You're very good at that, at, at the play index figuring out. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Um, so, I don't know. Where do we begin? Are you asking me, or I, I, th- I thought you were about to begin somewhere, and I'm just going along for the ride. Well, listen, for the uh, first, Do you want to begin on the final two drives, or should we begin earlier? They solved their first quarter scoring issues. They scored 10 points in the first quarter. They did. Didn't help. Well. Okay, let's go. So, actually, you know what's interesting? The Eagles have not taken an offensive snap with the lead this season. Is that accurate? Is that accurate? I believe that's what about, accurate. What about the Washington game? Didn't they? They did not take an the, the didn't, didn't Washington they have a two score lead by the end? Um, I would need to look that. Am up. I wrong about that? Okay. Well, who knows? There's absolutely no way of knowing. I, I no, there is, and I'm I'm probably wrong about this. But let's find out. But let's go on. <laughs> this is not very. Well, good they won podcasting. the game. Yeah, thirty-two twenty-seven. So yeah, maybe they didn't. But didn't they salt it away? Didn't, yeah. Didn't they, so, didn't they kneel on the ball at the end of the game? 
No, you are correct. You're you're correct. They were up twenty one twenty, and then okay. no, the, the whole fourth quarter. You're correct. I I was. I wish we could edit that part out of the podcast. Well, we can't. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's okay. You're still fighting a cold. No, I feel great. Yeah, we, it sounds like you're still fighting the cold. On the two minute warning of one. Okay. So. All right. So. Well, in any event, they they did solve their first quarter woes today. Uh, that being said, they allowed that kickoff return touchdown. So the Eagles were trailing by the time the defense took the field. And they, they did not play well enough. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the offense. Uh, the offense, you know, they put up 24 points in this game uh, with those 10 first quarter points. Carson Wentz completes 19 of 36 passes for 259 yards, sacked three times. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 94.6 quarterback rating. Uh, Miles Sanders, 13 for 53. Jordan Howard, 11 for 37. Darren Sproles, 2 for 4. Aguilar, 8 catches for 5 yards and 2 touchdowns. Uh, Zach Ertz, 4 for 64. Mac Hollins, 4 for 62. Miles Sanders, 2 for 73. And yet all those players had like reasons that they cost the team the game today. Uh, Except Ertz, but yes. Except Ertz, yeah. Except, well, Ertz, not his fault, but he, he did not have a big game. He, no, like, no, no. It, it definitely seemed like the Lions' defensive game plan was to make sure that Zach Ertz didn't beat them. On the last two drives, they were uh, doubling him more than they were not. Uh, Miles Sanders, who had, you know, uh, 126 yards from scrimmage, two big pass catches, two fumbles. Mm-hmm. And that was one of, the, one of the knocks on him at Penn State, was that he was a bit of a fumbler. That reared its ugly head in this game. Um, yeah, so so to your point there, I, I went back to Dane Brugler's draft guide nice. to get the exact Jeez. number. And nine fumbles on 308 offensive touches at Penn State. So that he fumbled once every 34.2 touches at Penn State. That's actually not quite as bad as I thought. I mean, that's not great, but... Nine fumbles on, on 308 offensive touches is, is not ideal. It's certainly not ideal, but I actually thought it was yeah. even worse than that. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, well, he had, like, two fumbles on three touches, basically, in this game when they, when they, when they came. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, you know, two touchdowns, had a couple drops himself, and uh, one of them was a fumble. So, I you know, you can call that a drop or a fumble, but whatever it was, it cost the team. And, once again, the full Nelson Aguilar experience, I, he, the guy's infuriating to watch. He can't, like, it was ugly. The second touchdown was was fine. The, the, the yeah. spin moves okay, but like, or maybe was that the first that was one? that was the first one. Either the second way. one was down here in the corner. Yeah, that was that was nothing. Look, he's he's clearly a good receiver. I don't agree with that. I, I clearly mean, clearly good. Two good. Six, yeah, yeah, two sixty yard catches, nine catches in the Super Bowl. I think there's enough evidence that he's a good receiver. He's but, he's, he's fine, but he's not he good, but he is he makes these these mindless plays and this has been yeah, the story him not this has been the story of his career uh and I, I think that's that's what will that's what ultimately limits him is that inconsistency it stands out it's been the case since his first year here do you remember you want to be the guy who's who, who wants the ball like two games in a row he's had the chance to be the number one receiver and he's come up incredibly small i agree with you but he's also produced during that time too yeah so that's my only point. because there's no one else to throw the ball to well, I think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside showed just because you're on the field doesn't mean you well, make plays. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, we can get to the, the last play, but let's keep in mind here that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside played almost the entire game. There were a couple times where they went into 12 personnel uh, when Dallas Goddard miraculously healed himself and was able to play for one quarter. But uh, the guy played basically the whole game, and for the second game in a row was invisible. Uh, only targeted three times, and one of those was a ball that was batted down at the line of scrimmage. So really only the f- ball only got to him twice, and uh, he had one catch for 10 yards and uh, a game-losing drop. And he, on that game-losing drop, this is what he's known for, contested catches. Like you're, you're hoping that he wins. That they sold. So. Exactly. It's, it's like he can win when, when everyone else was sleeping and the Eagles scouting staff was watching Stanford games right. late at night. Uh, what J.J. Arthago-Whiteside well, did. This was not a good game for the Eagles draft class. Andre Dillard came into this game for uh, an ill Jason Peters and suffered an injury left. He was seen in, the, in a right knee brace in the mm-hmm. locker room. Uh, Miles Sanders had those two fumbles. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, completely invisible. 
So, you know, you want to you want to tell me that uh, at least they, they didn't have volume, but at least they had three picks in the first two rounds. Let's see how that works out. Yeah, not today. Now, you know, now you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, you know. No, but, I'm not. But, I'm not like writing off J.J. Ortega Whiteside. It's only been two games. And but he, he was an underclassman. I mean, but, this like, was a chance for him to to, to make come on a a season defining play for him. Like if if nothing else happened this season, correct. If he made that catch, it's well, he caught that that Absolutely. that deep catch to win the game against Detroit, or at least put them in field goal range if he got tackled there. Absolutely, and and didn't happen, and so. Right to criticize him, and the reason I do is because, like I said, you're not counting on him to, to get great separation. You're counting on him to. If he can't make those plays, he can't make any plays. Yeah. Now, you could say the ball was underthrown. He hit him in the hands a bit, but he, yeah, I mean, he had to turn around for it. But still, please, he can make that catch. And in that situation, you're on the field. You're the second round pick. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as egregious as Aguilar's drop last week or Dallas Goddard's drop today. Oh my God, that was ugly. Uh, but. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to aggravate um, some Eagles draft defenders here, but DK Metcalf's been making that catch this season. DK Metcalf, yeah, I agree. So, you know, and he was drafted after him. Yeah, and and Terry McLaurin's been making that catch. Yep. And I don't know, not great. Uh, and on on top of all of that, the offensive line in this game not very good. And I'll tell you what, on the last two drives, three man rushes were getting home, mm-hmm. were, were creating pressure consistently. What's going yes. on? Are they getting old quickly? I don't know. Well, I mean, I both, know. you know, look. Was maybe just getting bad quickly. But. This team is built along their lines. Their lines are not playing well right now. Either line. That is for sure. And I think Either that is line. a very good point. Um, we know the way that Howie Roseman wants to build a team, mm-hmm. right? And so it's what's good about that is that we can we can better – assess the job that he is doing because it's not like you have a new GM who's like, Oh, well, like what, what way is he trying to yep. build this team? There's, there's so much less guesswork. And it's the same thing with, with, you know, he's got this long track record of draft history. There are, there are things that we know about Howie Roseman. And so we can evaluate him on trying to build the team he wants to build. And this year's team on the line of scrimmage is not very good. No sacks from defensive linemen. And as you and as you say, the offensive line has, after the after week one has not been good. Yeah, I, I mean, I I could go on here about the defensive line. Are we there yet? Or are we let's, sticking let's on the hold offensive on, line? Let's hold off on the defensive okay. line because so, that has been truly uh, yeah. So I I, Jones. I haven't gone back and watched this game yet, obviously. So I can't can't tell you specifically on the offensive line, but I I, I can tell you there are too many times Carson Wentz was under duress. Third, you know, there was the fourth down that well, the fourth and eight. When Carson had to scramble. Three-man rush. Yeah, because the pressure was in his face. Uh, and so in, I'm, I'm not absolving Carson, but Carson Wentz is not their problem right now. He's, he's, his receivers aren't helping him. His offensive line isn't helping him. Um, and he's, he's, he's not their problem. So I agree with that, but I also struggle with this because this is two weeks in a row where he has had a chance to lead this game-winning drive. Um, and, and last week, is, is I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, uh, and it was a crazy sequence of events that led to that being the uh, team he was on the field with, and he made two perfect throws. And tonight, like, yes, there were drops uh, on, both of, or on the last drive. Ortega Whiteside probably should catch that pass, but also it's fourth and eight. You probably sh- yep. it, sh- it shouldn't be coming down to a jump ball when you got the ball uh, first and 10 from the 50 with a minute 45 to go. Uh, and Hollins dropped a, 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 a sort of underrated, really hidden, crucial drop on second down. When crucial. If he catches that, they're in field goal range and they, they can run the ball. And I think Doug Peterson deserves uh, examination for the play calling for each of those last two drives. You would have run it? I thought that, well, you have one timeout. They went empty on like... Six of the eight or six of the nine plays, I would have liked like at least some threat. You could, they had room to run on on one of those plays. Now, you know maybe that maybe that is uh, not the right decision. But like it was the same thing as Patricia and the Lions going empty on third and ten. Like when they when the, when the Eagles should have thought that they were supposed to run the ball to abandon any pretense of being multiple is uh, is always silly in my opinion. But. 
yes, there are guys who are not your starting receivers, and, and they're probably not getting open. And I was looking at the, at the replays of those last two drives, and it's not like Carson Wentz was missing a guy who was wide open. But at the same time, he's the quarterback. He's the leader of the team. He knew going into this game these were going to be his receivers and he was going to have to make these big plays. I've, like, it's not great that he was not able to, to even get a single first down on either of those last two drives. So let's look at that last drive in particular. Okay, First and 10 at the 50. He has an incomplete short pass to Zach Ertz. Technically, well, a drop by Ertz, tight coverage. You know, would have liked to see a different yeah. kind of, like... I, could have thrown it, it, it would have been nice out. if they had called the third down play on first down. Yep. That yeah, that's what I was about to say. Aguilar. Yeah. So, so then the second down one is the pass to Matt Collins. Yeah, he's got to catch he's that. It's catch a good that. throw. Like, he can't. Yep. There's nothing there, you know. So then he's in third and ten at midfield, and it seems they were just trying to get a manageable fourth down. Right. Which is what they should have done on the drive previous. Sure. If you're going to go for it on fourth and eight from that deep in your own end zone, maybe try to get something on third down. But So five yards to Nelson Aguilar sets up a fourth and five. Do you use your timeout here? Now, I, I actually th- I, I think I probably would have. And Doug okay. has done this in the past when it seems like they are a little bit frantic in a big play and, you know, it, the game management, uh, like, uh, analytics would, would tell you that it's, wise, it's wiser to keep your timeout. Mm-hmm. But Doug has done a thing where he's like, this is the play. I need to get this play right. Yep. I think that might have been the right call in that situation because there was still, like, a minute 30 left, and, and they really – like it, they wanted to score a touchdown, but they really only needed to get a field goal. Yep, I would have. I think I might have called a timeout there. Carson throws a very nice pass. The Sproles. Yeah, but that's that play call. I don't like. Not that like. Oh, I obvi- Obviously the obviously the number one read was not to throw a no. fade to, to, to your the five shortest, five receiver five, on the six, field. Yeah. Um, that play call I didn't like, and maybe that's so. Maybe it's it's too um, after the fact to say that I would have called a timeout and tried to get a play there, but. There was not there was like Carson Wentz had a little bit of time on that play, and that was another three man rush that sort of got there, and he just you know he had to throw up a prayer to Darren yeah. Sproles, and that sets up your fourth and fifteen to your when he goes 15, deep to right. JJ. So I I mean yeah, so like, I don't kill Carson for that drive. Well I, yeah, but I don't I don't kill him for for those plays in a vacuum, but you know there were there were big picture other, he needs big to bring picture, them down he needs field. to win this game. Sure, I mean if this is. If this is a playoff game, if this is the Super Bowl, Carson's defined. God, if this by, is a playoff game and the Lions are in the playoffs. I'm talking about that situation. Stick it, it, a you pencil know, in my eye. If, if, if you're yes. a franchise quarterback He's win that game. and you get the ball down three at midfield. After a blocked field goal, with a, minute a play. 30, with a minute 39 seconds to go, and you need best case scenario. I thought they should have been more patient in that drive. But, yeah. Yeah, so, so reasonably, you're trying to get to – to what? To the to like the thirty-five yard line? To yeah, I mean, you want to get to the thirty, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, the, if that you get to the thirty-five, should have been hard to do. Field goal. To yeah. not get a, to not get a first down on either of those last two drives is a significant indictment of the offense, and we can parse the blame however we want on you know Doug as a play caller, Carson as a quarterback, the offensive line, and the crappy wide receivers, but like. That was really bad. I was talking to Malcolm Jenkins when Carson Against a mediocre defense. I I was talking to Malcolm when Carson spoke afterwards. What did Carson say? He didn't say much, as is his want. Um, He said, I don't know, what kind of questions would he have been asked so long ago? I can pull up the transcript. I'm telling you, there was very little insight. On his frustration, on what happened uh, during the week that led them to get off to the good start. Uh, on how he could have been better during the last two drives. Yeah, that's what I. That was my. Question. That was your, That's a good question. Yeah, and he didn't. He yeah. said, I don't, "He I loves don't know. getting in the end zone." Yeah, like I would have liked to score is basically what he said. Thanks. Yes. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Maybe there were bad checks there. It's hard to criticize a guy when he's when he's literally putting it right on his receiver's hands. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He's got like. This, can, this, this keeps happening. Fair point. Fair point. It's not great. It's, it's not. And, and well, I'll tell you what the good news is for this Eagles football team, Zach. There's a case to be made that maybe the short week is good for them, you know? 
There, uh, you're teeing me up here. Yeah, this is my this is my uh, this is my pet peeve from tonight's locker room. Oh well, yes, okay. Couldn't you make a case that it's it's almost a good thing that you got the game on Thursday and and you just have to flush this loss and forget about it? it, it isn't it a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think that, but I I do think a case could be made that. A short week is good for this team, even if they're coming off a win. I think I think a short week is terrible for this team because they have guys with like broken bones all over the place. So, so they could so use the explain. extra two days rest. Well, Doug Peterson, in his career as a head coach, has been very good on Thursday nights. Three and zero. Three games. To me, the the third, the second, or and third. Two of best, those three is, is after like, loss. Uh, the, yeah, right. th- uh, two of those three are after losses. Now, both of those. Or, yeah, both those have, have come against the Giants. So, uh, so we got a discount. We got a discount. Um, so it's one and zero. But the, uh, in my opinion, these either the second or third best regular season win he's had was Thursday night in Carolina in 2017. Yeah, that was a very good win. Um, and was that after a loss? No, that was yeah, after. They, they were good. Yeah, the losses were they lost to the Ravens in 2016. Came back the next week beat the Giants on a short week here. And that was a good Giants team. That was a Giants team that went to the playoffs. Mm. And then they uh, – and actually – Was that I, the Panthers lost last year? No, it was, was the Vikings. Last year's Giants? Oh. They lost to the Vikings to get them fall to two and three. Right. And they go to the Giants in a short week, and Carson plays real well. Yeah. Uh, so – and actually, Camus had an interception on the first drive that changed mm. it. Anyways, I've, I've talked to Doug about this. Um, in the past, and, and I, I think that on short weeks they they just kind of go with the basics, so to speak. You know, they don't have this. They let their guys play. Yeah, well, now they're also about to play the first good defense they've played. Yeah, all so I, I, I mentioned in my story, um, I, I mentioned it in my observations when I mentioned the stat. They also haven't had Aaron Rodgers on the road. You know right. that that's not like like that's not in that three and L I talked about. So the quick turnaround might be. Tested a little more here going into Lambeau against a team that you can argue is one of the five best in football so far. Was two years uh, the, or Doug's rookie year that Giants game? Was that here? That was here. Okay. That was so here. So they're three, three years in a row they've had to have their Thursday game on the road. That's kind of tough. Yes. Uh, and, and Thursday games on, on the road are tough. And yeah, a, thanks, a matter of fact, uh, they're even tougher when you're like changing time zones. You, you prefer, mm. you know, you'd, you'd prefer that you're in Carolina. It's like an hour right. flight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a tough. That's a tough draw. I mean, Green like this is like like Green Bay is a tough place to travel to. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah. I so, mean, they're not. They don't have to deal with flying to Appleton no, or flying to Madison like we are. But, yeah, that's uh, true. But I'm I'm just saying that's not like you know. There was that one year. Yeah, when you they should went not. To I, I agree. With the, I think that should be a rule. Yeah. Thursday road games should be same time zone. Well, I. I that's I think not they that actually, hard of a rule to I abide think they, by. They modified it because there was the 2011 season. Or yeah, 2011 season they went to Seattle on the. Short I remember week. that, that was the Juque Parker game. Yeah, they got destroyed. Yeah, and I, I think they put in a, a rule after after that that you can't go cross country for a Thursday night game. Yeah, well, that's probably a good rule. They should have continued <laughs> down the path of that rule to its natural conclusion. Um. So what else of the offense? I mean, with the offense, yeah. Uh, so. We could talk about the the uh, running game. What did you? Well, yeah. What did you think about? What did you think about? Uh, are you worried about Miles Sanders? So Miles I Sanders, thought Miles Sanders looked good, other than those fumbles. Yeah, and I was happy to see, or not happy, but I was uh, impressed to see him a part of yeah. the uh, passing game, uh, which is something that that we had not seen, and it was a good little wrinkle from the from the game plan from Doug Peterson. But he was playing as I was tracking uh, the running back usage. He played. Probably something like seventy-five percent of the ha- the snaps in the first half, and then he was sort of benched for the first couple of drives in the second half, and then came in a little bit. But it was mostly, and then at the end of the game, it was all sprawls. Uh, but he, but he did have he did have a nice second half run, so they they, they, they put him back yes, in there. Yes, they did. I mean, his his numbers finished thirteen carries, fifty three yards. It didn't look like that at halftime. So Doug said that they told Sanders they trust him, they're going to go to him. And they did, they, they did give him the ball in the second half. What's also impressive about it is, he, I mean, I think he had to play most of the game without his head. <laughs> yeah. I, is, is, is that going to make an appearance in the day after? Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Because like, it's the ball carrier. That's why. It's yeah. the, return, the guy with the ball yes. violently 
has his head like spun around and the helmet flies off. He's like, like he and the league are both very lucky that that was not a serious injury. Agreed. Uh, and like for them to spend all day calling ticky tack OPI calls and all this other nonsense. Um, and you know, the, these Thursday night games are, um, awash with, you know, holding penalty after holding penalty. And they miss like the, the, the most egregious type of penalty there is right in front of their faces. That's like, like if that's what's going to be going on, then there shouldn't be refs at all. Just let the guys call the play, <laughs> like call the games yeah. themselves. Like the uh, people should be fired over that. Yeah, so that's like one it, of the worst calls I've ever seen. The fact that they, that you don't get a penalty there, you know, I, I think there are going to be missed calls. I think it's more just how egregious it was given that it's the ball carrier. Like yeah. I, I don't know the, the consequence of that in the sense that, if they start that drive 15 yards closer, I, I, I don't know how Oh, happens. yeah, it doesn't matter the, about Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's more just how, how do you miss that call that's bad. If, like, you, can't, you can't be missing calls on, on violent plays that can get people badly injured. Like, yeah. You can miss a holding call. You can't miss a guy like you know, spearing somebody in the middle of the field. You can't miss a guy going low on an offensive lineman and like, you know, may, you know, tearing his knee like mm-hmm. Those are the things that they need to that they need to see. Agreed. That was unbelievable. And like that's that's where you're looking there, you know. Right. Where else are they looking? Like there's a his helmet came official, flying off. There's an official seeing. He's him, grabbing his face mask. There's an official seeing if the guy's down, you know. So it's like you see how he's dragged down. I was surprised they missed that. I, like like not just surprised, furious. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Like. Someone needs to answer for that. Yeah. Now, again, don't think it's consequential in the scope of the game, but do think it's, it's significant that they missed it. Miles Sanders should be given, like, instead of being fined, he should be given, <laughs> given like, $25,000 out of the ref's pocket. <laughs> Find the ref and give it to the I think that I know that that's yeah. a slippery slope to uh, sure. uh, set as a precedent, but on this, on this one, I'm saying that it's right. That was, like, unbelievable. Okay. Defense? Defense. Now you got me going here. Go ahead. Pass rush. Major problem. Um, Don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it. Don't talk to me about pressures, about quarterback hits. Zero sacks, okay? Can uh, Can you guess the amount of times last season that they had one or zero sacks in a game last season? Uh, twice. Twice. Is that right? Twice. Three games this year. Do you know how many sacks Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Derek Barnett have? I do. Goose egg. Zero. Three games into the season. Last year, the Eagles had a sack every 6.58 dropbacks. Okay. This year, 1.8. It's 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 a problem, and I've heard from players, I've heard from fans even, who say, well, you can't judge every... I've heard from media members who say you can't judge everything based on sacks. I'm going to give an example today of why sometimes you can. There was a third and 11 play. Brandon Graham had a good pressure. Wasn't a, a yeah. quarterback hit by definition. He wasn't credited with the quarterback hit, but it was an effective pass rush. Forced Matthew Stafford to throw the ball. But Matthew Stafford throws Dan, he throws it to Danny Amendola for a 15-yard gain down the sideline. Amendola made a great catch. Stafford put the ball in a tight window. Okay, so you give credit there. But if Stafford sacked, yeah. it's a negative play, and they and they're forced to punt. So my point is that sacks, there's no wiggle room for sacks. They're negative plays. This defense is not getting them. This defense is built upon getting them. Shiel uh, made a, a very good point in the podcast on Tuesday night, which is. You can see what Jim Schwartz thinks about his pass rush by how much they're blitzing. They continued to blitz today. A matter of fact, the three quarterback hits, two came from Vinnie Curry, and one came from your boy, Anderson Dayhill. Oof. Uh, who another, had another great game. <laughs> so uh, Fletcher Cox was honest after the game. I thought of the pass rushers, he was the only guy who really kind of fessed up to it. He said, quote, we're not getting to the quarterback, especially me. Later on, he said, we know that teams are trying to slow down our pass rush, 
But we have to get more aggressive up front and get after the quarterback. I think you did a good job there. And I think uh, I, wasn't, I didn't know about this until you started talking, but I've decided on my grouse. Yes? Yes. The Oscar the Grouse garbage uh, performance of this game goes to Howie Roseman. Ooh, Zach. why is that? Because, like we talked about before, we know the way that Howie Roseman wants to build yep. a football team. All offseason, we said this defensive line is a real mm-hmm. question. Yep. It's supposed to be the strength of the defense. That's the way the team is built. They look a little light there. They basically forced Michael Bennett out of town, who was their most productive pass They literally last traded year. him. They, right. forced, they forced Chris Long out, but they traded Michael Bennett. Right, but, but yeah. not like, oh, this was value we couldn't pass up. Yeah. Like, oh, we need to get him out of here. Exactly. We'll take whatever we can get. They forced Chris Long out mm-hmm. by telling him he wasn't going to have a role. So they, like, Howie Roseman knows how important the defensive line is. This is no surprise to him. And he decided that this was the position, not... Uh, you know, offensive line, not wide receiver where they brought in another old guy, not linebacker where they brought in more old guys, not safety where they signed another old guy. No, defensive line, the most, the most important position on the team is the one where now this is where we have to, we have to go young. We're going to bet on our young guys. Well, yes and no. Okay. Uh, I mean, they paid I know, I know Malik Jackson. That's fine. On the edge. Derek Barnett, yeah, absolutely. I, I was expecting big things from Derek Barnett this year. So far, he's been a zero. He's mm-hmm. got some hits, but like, not even impactful no. hits. Brandon Graham, re-signed him. He's done nothing except for in the run game. He's been very good in the run game, as you expect. But that's what you should have expected. That's what he was last year. You know, Vinny, let's bring back Vinny Curry, a guy who was basically DOA in 2017, was even worse in Tampa. But oh, what a good training camp Vinny Curry had. Mm-hmm. Josh Sweat, mm, looking great. Yeah, he had one good rush last week. Deshaun Hall, I don't even think he got on the field today. Sharif Miller is going mm-hmm. to get the feely because he's not even going to play all season long. Defensive tackle, okay, yes, they lost two guys. That's tough. Yeah. So you can't dig him too much. But this is, this is the most important position group on the defense, and they were negligent about 100% addressing agree. it resource-wise this offseason. They said, this is what we're going to bet on. And you know what? The bet has been awful this year. And to compound your point, agree with everything you said there. To compound your point, after they saw this team in minicamp, after they saw this team in OTAs, they had a premier, a, a blue-chip player yes. who was on the market, not very expensive at all. No. Uh, expensive in terms of a price tag and maybe not part of your long-term planning, but draft pick compensation. A third-round pick? Third-round pick. Hmm. Not worth it for Javion Clowney. Worth it for Golden Tate half a season of him, though. Yep. And Howie Roseman's explanation was... We're going to bet on the young guys. At some point, we draft these guys, we develop them, we need to see how they look. Um, Ridiculous. That's, that's where I, I need to fault them, Yeah, too. but who knows how we would have fit into the locker room culture. BS. Guy like that. BS. Uh, call him BS there. Give me talented players. Worst case scenario... Worst case scenario, he doesn't fit. You lose a third-round pick. He leaves at the end of the year. You get a comp pick in return. Worst case scenario. Well, worst case scenario, like he kills somebody. <laughs> then, like you've got a grievance on your hand. Realistic like, worst case scenario. And, and not just that, but like you saw. He was on your field last year. Yeah. Being you the best saw player on the field. what he did to you. Um, just, and now I'm not killing them for not getting clowny. I'm killing them for what you said, that this is a priority position. Um, they never know at the start of the offseason how it's going to turn out. You don't know. I mean, maybe the draft is, is if Diller doesn't fall, maybe they're taking a D lineman there in the first round. You never know. Okay? This there's, there's, historically so, great defensive yeah. line class, yeah. draft class. Three picks in the first two rounds. Yeah. Not a single defensive so, lineman drafted. So my, Listen, my I like is, Miles Sanders. Could he have been a defensive end? Could J.J. Ortega-Whiteside have been a, a defensive that tackle? That was a luxury like, pick. Yeah. So, so point being, once that happens, now you have a chance for a mulligan here at a small price, and you don't pay it. And another team in the, in the NFC You couldn't goes. just bring Bra- – I mean, not that this is a panacea, but like, okay, we don't come out of the draft with a defensive end. 
hey, Chris, take the summer, join us like two weeks in the training camp, build yourself into shape. We'd love to have you, you know, rushing on the outside on third downs. People are going to get injured. We need you. Like, yeah. ridiculous. In, a, in addition to that, if the reason Chris Long's not on the field, because you're planning to have Malik Jackson on the field third downs. Okay, reasonable explanation. Chris Long's not coming back for a limited role. He's not going to have a third down role. I get it. Malik Jackson goes down week one. Week one. Week one. Um, Chris Long's unsigned. Has said, he said recently to the Athletics, not ruled out of a return to the Eagles if, if they call. Ask Doug Peterson. I asked Doug Peterson, did you consider bringing back Malik Jackson? Uh, I'm sorry, did you consider bringing back Chris Long? And he says, no, we like our defensive end depth. We were looking at, for a defensive tackle. They signed Akeem Spence. Chase Winovich has a one and a half sacks through two games this year. He was drafted after both mm-hmm. Arthega Whiteside and uh, Miles Sanders. Just something to keep an eye on. They've been negligent. It's the most important position on the defense. I it's agree. probably the I mean, third most important position on the team. Where I'll I'll defend them is that this team might look different if Malik Jackson's on the field. I get that, but he's not, and you, yeah, didn't, maybe. you don't have the depth there. Uh, I think we disagree about just what type of impact Malik Jackson was going to have. We'll disagree there because I think he was going to have an impact. I, I was clear on, on that. Because even if, he's, even if he's rushing inside, it's not like Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett are like coming house of fire off the edge. Also, what did Howie Roseman say on cutdown day about Deshaun Hall? Yeah, but no, no edge pass rusher had a better uh, No, he did there. Yeah, and here we are today. You know how many snaps he had today? Did Zero. He, not play, he didn't play a Did not play snap. in the game. It was active for the first time. Did not play in the game. The only, in this historic defensive line class, the only defensive lineman they took, Sharif Miller. He's getting, as you said, the feely this year. So... I mean, the, 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 the game was on the line, and there were times when the defensive line group was... Uh, was Josh Sweat, Akeem Spence, Hassan Ridgeway, and Vinnie Curry. Matthew Stafford was shaking in his boots, I'm sure. And this isn't like this, this fearsome offensive line they were playing. No. It's bad. Look what the Arizona Cardinals did to them week one. It's bad. It's really bad. It's and, not, and it's not, like, it's not like, oh, the sacks are going to come. Like, they'll come in bunches. They're, they're, they're getting close. They're not getting close. Yeah, they were number 14 in the NFL in quarterback hits going into this game. They had three quarterback hits today, and one came from Andrew Sadejo and two came from Vinnie Curry. So my concern about this pass rush isn't even that, they're not, that they don't have the numbers right now. It's that the numbers – Fletcher Cox isn't getting there. Brandon Graham's not getting there. Derek Barnett's not getting there. These guys need to be the leaders in it, and uh, that's a concern. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward, but but this is uh, Jim Schwartz's defense is built around the front four. Uh, that's how the scheme's built. You look where the Eagles spend their money. You look where they allocate resources. It's the defensive line, and they're not getting production. Here's a complaint about Jim Schwartz's defense. Explain to me in what world it makes sense. I understand that there are times when you want to have three safeties on the field. In what world does it make sense to have Andrew Sandejo come on the field for Avante Maddox and play as a single high deep safety? It doesn't. Does that make any sense to you? Avante Maddox can only handle playing nickel. He can't if you if you want to go into a, a uh, you know a big nickel look where. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod are playing close to the line of scrimmage, and you want, you'd rather have Andrew Sandejo deep in the middle of the field instead of uh, while Avante Maddox is on the sideline healthy? It's asinine. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Agree. Um, and they really trust Sandejo. They think he's a smart player. Knows you know who else do. trusts Sandejo? The other team. <laughs> the Eagles seem to when he was on Minnesota, right? Yeah. So, cut Man, him, we're cut fired up it. right now. <laughs> that that defensive line argument really got me going. It, that the, that like that specific substitution drives me insane. It happened several times in this game. Yeah, and now the Eagles lost Ronald Darby uh, to what was it, a hamstring injury? Hamstring. Uh, so in this game, 
Sidney Jones got to start at right cornerback. Didn't think Sidney played well. And they were doing the uh, two, it seemed like they were doing the two series rotation with him and Rasul Douglas, but then Darby gets hurt, and so it is Sidney Jones on the left side and Darby on the right side for the remainder of the game. I thought uh, Darby or Douglas was actually not bad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought Douglas outplayed Jones. Uh, uh, Jones wasn't that bad other than a touchdown, was he? Did he give up other plays? Well, the play that Malcolm Jenkins had the pass break up, uh, it, okay. looked like, yeah. it looked like um, okay. Jones got beat there. Am I correct on that one? I guess. I mean, that was a zone, so I don't know what the okay. – I don't know if I mean, uh, he was expecting Malcolm yeah. to sort of cover that area, I guess, which he was able to. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for the defense. I mean, listen, the defense was fine and, it, like, not great in this game, but – they gave up 20 points if you don't count the kickoff return touchdown. That's still not great. Yeah, and, I mean, six of those points came on short fields. That's true. Yeah, they did so, have two turnovers. So they, yeah. they really I actually don't think the bad. defense played that bad. You know, they, they – uh, I just thought that they're, that they're not getting home, and that's, that's the issue. Yeah, and what a shame that this unbelievable play by Malcolm Jenkins goes to waste. Unbelievable play. What a shame that is. Now – he he was part of the reason why. I mean, he had an illegal block. In the yeah, then that, that that was a little bit of a tough call. He probably should have known better. Uh, but the guy sort of like he said he didn't even know running, yeah. yeah, as if he's baiting Malcolm into it. So you can't totally. But just uh, and I I, I wrote this in my observations. Just a clutch play, unbelievable. Like, and the reality is this: if if we were to say before the play, if this is going to get blocked, who's going to do it? My guess would be Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, you're probably right. Just because he's just he's just a football player, like that's. Ooh, I like that. That's a good. That's gonna be a good drop. <laughs> I mean, like he does. Guy loves ball now. <laughs> no, but but my point is, like this is a guy you have to wrestle off the field on on, on special teams. Okay. Football player now. Does shows up. You know, my my favorite Malcolm Jenkins story ever was the practice when Demarco Murray was watching on the sideline and he brought him a chair. Mm, that's good because. Like Malcolm practices, you know, right? Yeah, except when he's holding, except when he wants a new contract. But the offseason, yeah, those yeah, aren't practices. Yeah, so, but yeah, no, uh, and you know, if that ball just sort of bounces a lot of up a little bit neater to Rasul Douglas, then maybe it's a touchdown and it's it's easier. And then that's and then we're having a different conversation about how the Eagles squeaked by. Yeah, I mean, if if that's a touchdown, this this is like this is known as like a a, a great memorable Eagles win. It's similar to the. Jake Elliott week three win in 2017. Mm. You know? When yeah. they collapsed, and, but then right. they pulled out the end. Yeah, that's a shame. That's, that's, that's like that, that miracle ending, so to speak. Okay. Well, uh, what about uh, game management-wise? Did you have any? Oh, we should talk about the decision to go for it on fourth and eight by Doug Peterson on the second-to-last drive deep in their own territory. Um, I actually I th- I liked this call. Uh, the thinking being yeah. that obviously the upside is you get the first down, and the downside is there's still about two and a half minutes left. You've got all three timeouts, and you're sort of baiting the Lions into being uh, conservative to make sure that you use your timeouts, and then they'll sort of settle for the field goal, and there's a good chance that you're going to get the ball back. You have to go the length of the field yeah. now instead of just needing a, a field goal, uh, but you're probably going to have some significant time left. And uh, obviously they didn't get the first down on another three-man rush that forced Wentz uh, from the pocket. But I, I actually I thought that that was probably the right call, especially given the aggressive nature of Doug Peterson. Yeah, I tend to err on the side of being aggressive. Uh, was curious at, at, at the time as, as what to do. The way I think the first point you made is the point to remember, which is they can convert that. Every argument that right, I you heard. You punt the ball away and you never see the ball again. Yeah, they, every the argument that I. two first downs and the yeah. game's over. So the arguments that I heard was, well, uh, you know, you put them in field goal range. But you could also convert fourth and eight and continue your drive. Right. Um, so it, as Doug Peterson said, it, it worked out as, as they planned. Even if you don't block that field goal, they hit that field goal. It's a six-point game. You get the ball back with the timeout. Um, you have to drive the length of the field, like you said. But there's enough time to do it. Yeah. I thought that was fine. I, th- I thought it was fine. You need a better play on fourth and eight. That's probably that's true. where. Yeah. That's not Doug the, the game manager. That's Doug the play caller. Right. 
You know, fourth yeah, and I mean, eight. I didn't love I didn't love the two series at the obviously. Yeah. But if if Carson Wentz is forced to tuck the ball while he try to run for eight yards against a three man rush. Mm-hmm. So, which is important to mention because that means players aren't behind him. That means there's there's eight guys in front of him who can who can you know collide in, and that's what happened. Not great. I have a, this is a question I've been meaning to ask you actually. Sure. I thought about this in bed Friday night. I'm glad to know you're thinking of me in bed on Friday night. How do you feel? How do you? That came out weird. I'm how sorry. do you feel about a pencil? How do I feel about a pencil? Yeah. Uh, don't like pencils. You don't like pencils at all. Never like no, pencils. Never like pencils. I'm left-handed. Okay. And well, pencils don't work for lefties. No, but I would always get like oh, I smear. Get, oh. Yeah. Okay. So I get the. But that, wouldn't that also happen with like a runny pen? Uh, pens don't. I. It just. It, it didn't happen as, as much with pens, where like my wrist was all. Okay. Yeah. I just I feel like you're sort of like a romantic about writing. I, I thought that maybe you would like a pencil. No, I, I have bad handwriting, too. I'm a better typer than okay. I am writer. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I got to, like, bring a laptop in for, for like, I, well, I didn't have a laptop back then. But, like, if, if I got to type my school papers mm-hmm. for midterms and stuff, I think they would have been better. How often did you, did you have to write out midterms? All the time. Oh, you mean like on a blue book and like a, a test? Well, when I was in college and blue book, when I was in high school, yeah, like you write like an essay or something. But not at home, right? No, start. no. My yeah, point is in, in, school. in school. Like yeah, yeah. if okay. I got to sit in front of a, I think I yeah. think I write better. Interesting. On a on a computer. I actually I actually think on those I sort of like the pressure of having to having to do it. Oh, my hand. hand would hurt. Yeah, but know? there's so many there's too many distractions on the on the laptop. If it's like a timed event, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind. I don't no, mind. I, uh, I don't mind the writing. I like the type. You know, like the AP test and, and yeah. how, you know the AP history one where you have to write it. I'd prefer to type it. Okay. Yeah. I like I like the idea of a pencil, but like in practice, it's like you know it dulls so quickly, uh, and when it's dull, it's like a it's like it's an unpleasant feel. Uh, but I do like I do like the. When you get it like a, at a, a, a perfect yeah. measure, and now I hate mechanical pencils. It's How many so pencils fake. did you bring to your SAT? I do not know the answer to that question. Did you bring more than one? Or is that I'm like sure that I brought more? Were you like one. neurotic about? The... I wasn't neurotic about okay. anything. Okay. Schoolwork related in high school, I don't think. Okay. Um, but you bring this up because of Matt Patricia, I assume. That's of course, the yeah, okay. of course. All right. Um, but I like. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I used a pencil. Like it chose to use a pencil instead of a pen. Like I love, yeah. I love the feel of a good pen. Yeah, I, I like, but I, I like to type. Okay, but I like uh, to write better than I like to type. Really? Not that that's, I like. I don't. I don't want to write stories. That that's. that's I know people who do. That's who do, too laborious. I know people who, uh, who 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 do that. I I know like. Well, like I, if I, I don't take, know. Like if I wanna if I wanna take some notes, I'd rather write it out in a notebook than, than type up some I notes. believe Robert Carroll like, writes his books by hand and then... Well, he's old school. Yeah, I mean... I know, that's right. He's incredible. I went to hear him speak with Matt Gelb at the Philadelphia Library. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, pencil, better in theory than practice, I think. Don't think Patricia had a good game. No, I marked him down for uh, three cowardly decisions. I don't remember what the bird line against it was. It was uh, Jake Elliott field goals, I believe, right? Oh, and so he had only one. He did. So Patricia wins. But it's based uh, on you. Yeah, I didn't think I yeah. didn't think he had a good game. But they won. The or Daryl Bevel either. I mean, yeah, yeah. That the the going empty. But they won. The going empty on third and ten, after the two minute warning, yeah. was insane. Like that made made no sense. I'm I think passing the ball was the right decision because you get the first down, the game's over. But like, make the defense at least think you're going to run the ball. So I, I I had a long drive Friday night, and uh, I was listening to our podcast. Okay. And self scouting, I like self scouting. The Eagles could do better. And you and Shield were like really hard on Matthew Stafford. Uh, I stand by that. Did your opinion change on on Stafford? Not even that? a little bit. Really? Yeah. He made some really nice throws. He made two nice throws in this game. I mean, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not putting nice him in the throws. Hall of Fame, but you can see why people loved his arm. Yeah, you can see why people loved his arm, but we have uh, like, uh, so much evidence that he's, n- that he's never going to take you anywhere. I just thought like, he made some throws today that were so what? really impressive. I'm just po- I'm, I asked you a question. I think, that, uh, the, I think the Lions are not a very good team. I agree uh, with that. They're probably better than I thought that they were at the beginning of the season. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather I'd rather have almost any quarterback than Matt Stafford. Uh, there was a good story that came out in Sports Illustrated uh, by Michael Rosenberg on Calvin Johnson. I don't know if you saw that. But, uh, I saw some of the headlines. Yeah, but it was a good – but just killed the Lions. Yeah, and Stafford – I mean, he had Calvin Johnson for most and, of his and also had a, like a one-line slight on Jim Schwartz in there too. Oh, what was that? I didn't see that. So he said the best receivers coach he ever had hands down was Sean Jefferson. And then it said his contra- – Jim Schwartz didn't renew his contract at the, at the end of the year. Oh, that's good. And then there was a quote – not saying this verbatim, but it was along the lines of – I don't know if ego was involved or something like that, mm. but that that wouldn't be like the uh, right. Yeah, okay, that wouldn't be the first time that Jim Schwartz was accused of having a big yeah. ego. Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, I stopped saying that because that's not me saying that, and I and I actually like I, I like Jim Schwartz. And I like but, him a lot, but yeah. you're just talking about the way that he has been written about in the past. Yes, yes, yeah, that's fair. Okay, uh, anything else to talk about from this game? Um, no, that's very really, good I mean, national anthem. I thought. Yes, yeah, weak flag. Not you know. I I, I told you early on. Like, this was the. I think this is the least juice the Eagles crowd is going to be all year long. Mm-hmm. A little hot outside. Lions not a lot. Of, not a team with a lot of juice. Could I thought the, the effort from the crowd could have been better today. I countered the Jets, but you said only game in October is going to be a lot of. Yeah. You know that that's that's good football weather. Yes. Um, no, I I agree with you there. So here we are. I was walking through the parking lots today. It was hot. Yeah, yeah, it was hot. That's all, all the more reason why maybe the Eagles should have. I, I hate to say run the ball, but you know. Well, I thought the second it's, drive, it's a bit Jordan Howard came out. He was he was running really hard. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought I actually would have liked to see a little bit more Jordan Howard in this game. Eleven for thirty-seven, so three point four yards a carry is not necessarily, uh, you know, begging to be out there more. But um, some some nuggets from the locker room. Jason Kelsey. Oh, so did what not about to speak? Yeah, Jason Kelsey gets he gets as uh, Shield wrote the story. Why is Jason Kelsey so angry? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason was was he he did not want to speak after the game. Yeah. Um, there was uh, so we didn't talk about uh, the little left tackle dance that happened in this game. Jason Peters leaves with an illness. Mm-hmm. Andre Dillard comes in, leaves with an injury. Vitae comes in. And then at, at the second half, Jason Peters it's comes fine. back. Yeah. So a short-term illness. Whatever they, get, they, they put in his system. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, I spoke to him for a while after the game. Was I thought he was, he was pretty honest. He, he said that, you know, the... The fact that they that they have talent is the only reason they're not zero and three right now, but basically said that they need to understand, and that he thinks they do, that 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 talent's not going to win you anything in the NFL, and they they can't keep making these plays that they're making, um, or else they're going to be dropping games. Uh, Lane Johnson kept saying, uh, you know, we played two teams tonight, the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles, and we lost to both of them. He great kept quote. repeating that. Great quote. I, I wish I was there for that one. That was a good quote. I was in on Doug, who really didn't have much to say there. Uh, let's see. Nelson Aguilar said that he's a gifted player. He's well coached. Uh, he said he's a gifted player? He did. He yes. called himself a gifted player. Yes. He said, I'm gifted and well coached. I, uh, what an odd thing to say. Well, he was basically saying that, that like he shouldn't be making those, those mistakes. Um, He's gifted with the ability to make mistakes all the time. Uh, that's so. I'm trying to think who I, I spoke to Darren Sproles after the game. Was obviously not happy about that fourth and fifteen pass interference. Made a really nice catch there. Thought they both kind of had their hands on each other. Did you think he pushed off? I mean, he did push off, but do you call it there? Do you need to call that mm-hmm. after they've been already calling? What do you think Mac Hollins did to those referees? <laughs> he got called for three OPIs. One of them was, was called back because it was... Oh, I thought it was two. Okay. Well, he was called for three, but one of them okay. was, was then rescinded because it was not downfield. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, got you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. But they flagged him three times. They, yes. I mean, he was like, what did he do pregame? Maybe the guy... Maybe the, maybe the ref just hates backpacks. No, honestly, it might be... I, I, I don't know this, but now that you say it, it, it might be something that the Lions saw on Falcons film and told the referees, you know, you know watch out for this. The I, I don't know. one was tough. Like, tough because that's a game-changing call. Yeah. 
Like to me, that needs to be a no-brainer to call that. Thing. And he didn't even like he didn't even nearly decapitate anybody on that play. <laughs> and it was a hell of a catch. Yeah, it was very nice. Like. Like when you, well, that ball's in the air. You're like, what is going on? He's just throwing up a jump ball to the <laughs> tiny guy. Derek like, Sproles, yeah. It was like, and just a great. It was right in front of us. It was a great catch. Uh, so Sproles was was not happy about that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. It was a really. Oh, uh, I spoke Derek Barnett afterwards. Derek Barnett was. Kept, he was not happy to be talking. No, they need to hunt, as we said in our podcast on Friday. Mm. That can be right. interpreted differently depending on the person. Um, but a shout out to Malcolm Jenkins, who was wearing uh, a shirt that I enjoyed in the uh, post game locker room, which was "Protect Kids, Not Guns." Well, hopefully he walked over to Carson Wentz's locker, <laughs> and said, "Thanks for not scoring a touchdown after I almost saved the game." Well, I, uh, I mean, I'm not staying out of this argument, and I certainly don't want to like. But I don't, I, as you say that though, I don't think Malcolm, I, I don't think Carson Wentz is in favor of like. Not protecting kids. Yeah, I understand okay, so, that. I understand yes. that. Now, now, ducks might be different. Yeah. You know, or, but yeah, there might there maybe there's a middle ground where we can uh, protect kids, not guns, <laughs> but still sociopathically I'm, murder all kinds of birds. I'm I'm avoiding this conversation. So, who knows? Okay. Uh, I think that's that's probably about it, right? Yeah, I think so. Set us up with uh, what you know of how Doug Peterson likes to approach the short week. Sure. So from what I understand, and I haven't seen their schedule yet for this week, but if you go based on past weeks, they're in tomorrow, but they're not on the field or anything. Um, Then Tuesday is their only real practice of the week. Um, And so it's a typical week. They're installing their game plan Wednesday. They're doing third downs on Thursday. They're doing red zone on Friday, and then they have a walkthrough Saturday. Here, they're really only on the, on the field one day. Um, I don't even know if they do a walkthrough Wednesday. I imagine they do. But they'll fly to Wisconsin on, on, on Wednesday afternoon. So, you know, obviously they've, they've, they've done advance work. The coaches are cranking it tonight. But uh, really, um, it's, it's a, as quick a, a week as, as you can get. And uh, I would, if I was running the NFL, I wouldn't get rid of Thursday games. But I would get rid of the four day, the the Sunday, the Thursday game. Um, I would have your bye week precede it. Hmm. So well, then you don't get a full bye week. Well, I I would make it an eighteen week season just with an extra bye week. Okay. That pers- but oh, with an extra bye week. Okay. Yeah, but even if you had it under, under this current system, you still get two weekends off. Yeah. You know. That's not bad. In theory, at least. Um, but. Uh, in any event, that so that's what you can expect from the Eagles this week. Tuesday will be the busy day at the Novacare Complex, uh, but it's it's really not going to be an, an an intricate game plan. And they're facing a really you know a team that defensively is playing outstanding this year. Uh, the Packers made some moves during the offseason that have so far paid off. Mike Pettin is a good defensive coordinator, local guy too. Yeah, a former coach of uh, North Penn High School. Yeah, I, I believe you. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it's it's gonna be a tough game for the Eagles. This is gonna be a real tough game, and there's a chance that uh, I mean they're they're underdogs going into the game. So three point underdogs to open. Yeah, which I was surprised. I thought the line would be higher. Yeah, me too. Uh, so one and three is. And a I mean, do you, it's not like I don't expect that the Eagles are gonna get like the reinforcements coming back. No, like maybe um, Goddard plays after he played again sparingly tonight. Like I don't know, are they going? Is Alshon Jeffrey going to play? I doubt it. Deshaun's not going to play. Deshaun's not going to play. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We will be back on Tuesday evening with a combined uh, midweek and preview podcast, and then we'll be back. Uh, God knows when. Friday morning following the Thursday game. The Eagles fall to one and two. And you can start making your January plans. The season's over. That's not true at all. Okay. That's not true at all. Don't be an alarmist. One to know in the division still, right? Just got to win your division games. Well, the Cowboys are good. Well, we're not making the, we're not making the wild card at one and two, you know? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of football left to be played. That's fair. Okay. That'll do it. For Zach and Sheil somewhere, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.